You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, NCIA's Deputy Director of Communications. Today, I'm speaking with a couple members from NCIA's Education Committee, Mila Marshall and Dale Sky Jones. Mila Marshall is a doctoral candidate in ecology and evolutionary biology and is currently the principal owner of Herb and Planning Associates, where her small firm focuses on the intersection between the environment and the economy. Mila also serves as adjunct instructor of cannabis for City Colleges of Chicago, creator and co-host of podcast To Be Blunt with Mila and Boom, creator committee chair of the BIPOC Banking and Cannabis Summit, and a current education committee member for NCIA, as mentioned. Mila is coordinating the NCIA Educators Roundtable on April 28th on Zoom, a webinar hosted by NCIA to bring together educators of all kinds to discuss the needs and gaps in the educational space, as well as share resources and network with one another. And then Dale Sky Jones began working with patients in 2007, joining Oaksterdam University's Education and Cannabis Policy Reform as spokeswoman for the first legalization voter initiative. She became president and CEO of Oaksterdam University in April 2012 after a four-agency federal raid. Now, Oaksterdam is proud of more than 50,000 alumni from over 100 countries. The university offers business horticulture, bud tending, extractions, and manufacturing programs, and is contracted by the cities of Los Angeles and Palm Springs to provide technical assistance for professional 
and workforce development for the social equity program. And Dale continues to work towards federal descheduling and the legacy of quality education for the cannabis industry. What a powerhouse of women I have on the show today. Welcome. Indeed. Thank you so much for having us, Bethany. Thanks, Bethany. I'm so happy to be here. Wonderful. So let's uh, let's start by getting to know a little bit more about you um, in addition to what we've already shared. Uh, as far as your background and experience before doing all this fun cannabis stuff um, and why and how you got involved in cannabis. Let's start with you, Dale. Thank you. Yes, I spent my professional career in adult education and professional development as a manager and a corporate trainer, as well as a small business owner. So I entered the cannabis space first at the request of some doctors trying to work with patients outside the hospital environment where they weren't allowed to discuss cannabis. So I immediately started looking for the education that was available for both the doctors and the patients to try to help them understand because the doctors were disallowed from giving them specific dosage instructions. And so we needed to show patients where to find their own information. The only educator that was out there had actually gone all the way to the Supreme Court first as a provider of medical cannabis, lost that case and became uh, the only folks out there that were really trying to educate patients on how to grow their own medicine, how to keep out of jail, um, and and just how to be a qualified patient. And that was the old OCBC, Oakland Cannabis Buyers Cooperative, that had become the patient ID center in this area um, that had been nicknamed after their efforts called Oaksterdam. And so as I'm poking around looking for education, I realized now I, I was the fly on the wall of watching the university be born. Um, it started as medical it quickly became a moral imperative. I realized this wasn't just about patience. This was actually the most important social justice revolution of my time. And it had everything to do with color, with who we were imprisoning. It wasn't just a medical issue anymore. It, it really became a criminalization issue because suddenly I'm teaching our patients how to not get arrested. Uh, next thing I know, um, I'm teaching the science class at this new Oaksterdam University concept. Uh, the students got me very sharp and quick at answering difficult questions. Next thing I know, our founder of the school, Richard Lee, decided to do the first statewide campaign uh, to bring this concept to the voters. And I became, accidentally, the spokeswoman of that campaign, <laughs> heard round the world uh, while I was pregnant with my first son. Um, but we also became the blueprint uh, for legalization and change by putting cops and moms out front that this is for community safety. This is about saving our children and that prohibition has failed. And mm. so I'm happy to say the school itself um, you know, we've evolved completely over the last 15 years of being the only hands-on lab in the world. We're now completely virtual and based in the living room or your training desk. Um, <laughs> but after leading the fight for this regulatory and legislative changes with community reinvestment at the forefront, um, 
you know, also in there, I became a founding board member of the NCIA uh, <laughs> because we also needed to have uh, businesses and the industry itself band together for self-regulatory regimes, you know, developing those standards that we could live by until those standards were created uh, for us. So whether we're educating the workers of the industry, those that are trying to start their own businesses or the regulatory agencies themselves, um, I'm personally just thrilled to be here to discuss my favorite favorite subject of education. Awesome. That's great. Thanks for all the work that you've been doing over the years as well. I've definitely been following it all. Um, Mila, let's let's also hear from you um, and your background and how you got into cannabis. So I'm so happy to be here. Um, I'm always asked that question and it's uh, interesting. It's only been about two, three years so I am a urban ecologist. I study the interaction between organisms and their surroundings. And my dissertation is focused on urban food systems. And when I first started graduate school at UIC, my advisor was like, well, what do you want to study? And I literally said in 2010, I want to do something with cannabis and climate change. And he was like, he was like yeah, you know, that might not be a good idea. And not because it was a bad idea, but specifically there was just a lot of red tape um, in trying to get cannabis samples and who's, you know, who's going to wait around for a couple of years to try and get, you know, approvals. And I wasn't aware of how challenging research on cannabis would be. So I let it go. Um, I participated in what I call legislation literacy. That's when I started my small um, consulting firm. I was working for another larger nonprofit environmental consultation firm here in Chicago. And it was clear that there was both a need um, to help municipalities, to help electeds and other nonprofits understand the environmental aspects of the emerging cannabis industry. And there was also a need for those um, on the equity side to understand some of the environmental justice implications and the intersectional equity issues. And so as a, you know, as a, as a graduate student, um, I had been teaching for a, a number of years, I won't say because I'm still, you know, all but dissertation. Um, but I had an opportunity to uh, really take that legislation, House Bill 1438, and digest it and translate it to numerous audiences. And um, that's one of the skills I'm really, really proud of. And so mm-hmm. here I am giving these talks, helping people understand what the bill means by what it says, um, how the bill might interact or engage with other aspects of um, municipal ordinances and codes, as well as help people do some level setting, what this bill does not do. And so um, it was a, a true opportunity to begin being interested in cannabis for myself. And I uh, applied for uh, the teaching position at Olive Harvey. And somebody was like, do you have the experience and expertise to teach this kind of class? And I said, uh, it's an agricultural commodity. Um, I can do tomatoes, potatoes, tobacco. It doesn't matter. It's a crop. And so mm. I approach it as, you know, as that. And um, it's been enjoyable kind of focusing on the sustainability aspect of it and educating with that lens. Wonderful, wonderful. And yeah, that legalese and regulatory language can be a little a little difficult to sort through. So I'm sure the translation and breaking it down is, is appreciated by your audiences. All right, let's take our first commercial break and then we'll come back and dive into some more educational topics with Dale Sky Jones and Neela Marshall. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Join Cannabis Radio, April 20th, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Drifting Roots. 
The Shake. 59 Shop. Title Theory. Indigo Eye and More. Grab your tickets at thebudbash.com. Presented by Mellow Fellow. Thebudbash.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, with NCIA, talking with a couple members of our education committee, Dale Sky Jones and Mila Marshall. So let's talk about the education committee. Uh, the purpose of it is to assist with the de- design and development of educational programming for NCIA. And it helps identify the emerging topics in the cannabis space as well. So over the years, there is more and more knowledge out there to be shared, uh, ranging from the health effects of terpenes and cannabinoids to cultivation best practices, and of course, all the compliance and regulatory information and everything in between. So sometimes individuals can get certifications through this education. I'd really like to hear a little bit more about the landscape of education in the cannabis industry as it stands today in the year 2022. Neela, would you like to start? Sure. So it's interesting how cannabis education has emerged because it is both for those who are looking to work directly in the industry. So for people who want to work in dispensaries and then others who are just trying to figure out how to pivot um, to uh, towards cannabis based upon their current profession. And so you do have people that are in need of information across various sectors, whether that's transportation or housing um, or for children, for pets, um, whether it's medical marijuana or industrial hemp or adult use. And so on my side, working with uh, or working for a junior college, we are really deeply connected to workforce development, for example. And so it was um, it was an opportunity for both curriculum development um, for a diverse population or diverse populations um, in in some states, as well as connecting the dots between professions that should be in the conversation. So Mm -hmm. for example, whether that is banking um, or like I said, uh, transportation or the the broader retail landscape. Um, So we have... I'm sorry. I'm losing my thought. Can we take a pause? Sure. <laughs> yeah. And also because there's so much to cover, um, we've, let's try to keep our responses kind of quick, quick also like a minute, okay. minute and a half. Yeah. Cause okay. we've got to get through a lot here. All right. All right. Cool. So let's just do 10 seconds of silence and then pick up from before where you lost your thought. And you were right on the money. So just repeat what you said and you've nailed it. So the landscape of education um, as it relates to the cannabis industry is really diverse. Currently, we're not quite sure the types of uh, professionals that are educating learners and students. There are a a multitude of experiences for individuals, whether that is in junior colleges, um, universities, or programs such as Oaksterdam or institutes such as Oaksterdam. And so it is extremely diverse, um, which includes opportunities for uh, training so that individuals can actually work um, in dispensaries or work in grows, um, as well as people just learning about cannabis business um, in their respective states. 
Got it. Yeah. Dale, what, what would you like to add to that since you, you also are running a, a program in California at Oaksterdam University? Indeed. The the students that we have are global. And I think Mila's point is important that the folks that are seeking education are all walks of life. In the students that come to us, we range from 18 years old to 96 years old. We have parents who are coming in trying to understand what their kids are into. We have professionals like CPAs or real estate agents who are trying to understand how to interface their industry with the cannabis industry to service it. You must understand its pain points and uh, frictions so that you can solve their problems, right? But we also have everything from four-year and professional degrees like attorneys, physicians, uh, nurses, and business people who may have already gotten their MBA and, and, you know, a ton of letters after their name. However, we need to start imbuing this education and this curricula into those four-year community and junior colleges so that it's part of the curriculum. I mean, wrap your brain around the thought that the mother of our systems, the endocannabinoid system that regulates every other system is not taught in most medical schools. This is like not knowing that you have a circulatory system. I don't know, I cut, they bleed (laughs) like a sponge. It must be the spirits. We're not even teaching this when it comes to a lot of the legal legal universities where we are producing public defenders, which are still taking this all the way to the end along with those prosecutors that should be taught in political science classes as well as legal. Let's talk about the constitutionality in some of those universities. So there is a, a broad swath of individuals, the folks that have already got their MBAs or degrees or bachelors can come to an institution like Oaksterdam and figure out not only how to apply the knowledge they already have to the cannabis industry and potentially find their place and space in the industry, but importantly, and this is most important for any learning outcome that is out there, is that you have the depth and breadth in that educational curricula to include not just what you want to know, but what you need to know. Because we need to continue to help our students mitigate risk by providing the knowledge and skills not only needed to succeed in the evolving cannabis industry, but to realize that this is not legal yet. And the Mm. issue of driving while black or doing business while brown can put somebody that looks just like that other rich white guy in prison and take their families still, that we are still taking babies from their nursing mother's breast over cannabis, even here in California in 2022. So there's still a long way to go. And we're so focused on where we've already come that I fear we sometimes forget we still have a huge gap to close. And I'll point back to what Mila said at the beginning. This is not just about social equity. This is about health equity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great insight. Um, and it very soon on April 29th, your committee is going to be hosting an educational roundtable in the form of a webinar. And I believe it's going to be a two-hour webinar, and it's going to include educators from universities, community colleges, and other cannabis training programs. Um, let's dive into more about what attendees can expect from that event and why why they should also attend this event. I think it's important to invite everyone who teaches 
because you have official or professional instructors or faculty, but this conversation is also for those floor trainers, the leaders in their business, and maybe it's the HR professional, or maybe it is the educator who onboards their staff. We also have some agency outreach and education specialists coming, and there is such a wide swath of needs for training and education. And we often hear, oh, but it just doesn't exist yet. But it often does. And we simply want to connect the dots between the folks that are out there trying to educate, regardless of who you're educating, whether it's students sitting in the university classroom or on Zoom in remote learning or at the agency interactions or at your business, that you can connect the dots between what you need and the resources that are already available, or conversely, that we can identify those gaps and work on filling them together. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mila, how about you? What are you looking forward to from this event and why Why would you like folks to register? I'm looking forward to making some more friends. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 and I mean, to, honestly, I've really enjoyed my um, membership um, in, on the committee, uh, on the education p- committee for NCIA. However, I'm such a different type of member. And in my opinion, educators are one of the most um, under-resourced professionals in this pipeline to get people to be employed. When I was applying for the job, for example, uh, the requirements fair, right? But the types of professionals that are coming to teach these programs um, are coming from very different backgrounds. You may have individuals who are Uh, subject matter experts, right? They're coming from a market that's way more mature. They know what they're talking about. They've been growing for 20 years. However, Mm -hmm. they're not professional educators. And then you have professional educators, very similar to myself, that are rock stars in the content that they teach. And they are completely disconnected from the world of cannabis. And so here I am with my peers and also with the other instructors in, in the city of Chicago, and there's high turnover, because there are uh, there's limited resources, we're kind of charged with finding um, how to teach ourselves. And uh, when I was approached, you have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Kern because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Kern. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. 
Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. And invite it to participate. I thought this is a great opportunity to figure out what resources are necessary for instructors of cannabis so that we can play our role. Thousands of individuals move through us to work for NCIA members and non-members, right? Retail, growers, consultants, transporters, all of, all of the things. However, what resources are real? What can we trust? How do we move that information forward? How do, how do MSOs kind of conceptualize uh, relationships with educational institutes? How do you retain your educators? How do you pay them fairly? How do we get plugged into professional cannabis education networks? Who are they? Where are they? Um, how do we learn how to treat, uh, treat our students ethically? How do we learn how to educate a diverse, diverse population? I can have a 21-year-old and a 75-year-old in the same class, right? So this is not a traditional population of learners. And so people who do come to, uh, to the webinar can expect to uh, get a little bit of level setting um, as well as an opportunity to listen and share about the gaps um, and kind of it's for us as the committee members to acknowledge how we can pool our resources um, to address some of the some of the issues and identify what those issues are for those emerging professionals and um, professionals that are kind of leading the charge right now. Yeah, absolutely. It really, it sounds like we are empowering the educators and the concept of education uh, together, just sort of lifting up and pulling together the, the gaps and missing pieces in what will eventually be a very comprehensive and holistic educational um, effort in, in the future. This sounds amazing. Um, let's take our last commercial break here, and then we'll come back and chat a little bit more uh, about the Education Committee and more details about the webinar. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you looking for a cannabis-related real estate loan and running into a brick wall? Getting a loan done for a large cannabis cultivation, production, or distribution property used to be hard. Not anymore. At CFG, we get the job done for you fast and easy. Our minimum loan size is $5 million, and we can go all the way up to $100 million or more. We finance outdoor grow operations, greenhouse grows, indoor grow facilities, processing, labs, distribution facilities, and more. So if you are looking for a large cannabis real estate related loan for any part of your operation, CFG can help fast and easy and at competitive interest rates and terms. So give us a call now at 408-661-5084 or email us at cannabis at cfgfunds.com. We'll get it done for you fast. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, having a lively conversation with our education committee. Dale Sky Jones and Mila Marshall sit on NCIA's education committee. Um, and as well, uh, some details about the upcoming webinar I want to share. It's the Cannabis Educators Virtual Roundtable. Um, so the goal is to move mindfully forward with cannabis educators as well. And there is a cannabis educator questionnaire. If you head to NCI's website and register, you'll see 
a link uh, with, with a questionnaire for educators to fill out in advance of the webinar as well. So that's April 29th. That will be at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern. You can figure out the other time zones yourself. Um, so go ahead and register. You can head to our website and navigate to our events and webinars and register for that event on April 29th for sure. So in addition to those details, um, what are some other goals in place for the Education Committee, as well as some challenges related to education in cannabis for those both just entering the industry for the first time or long-term veterans you know what are, what are the needs here of professional development with respect to the needs of the students i dare say that that's almost as diverse as the students themselves mm. there are definitely some similarities of the their why um what's in it for them what they're trying to accomplish uh, but there's also just a tremendous need for those that have been in the industry for a long time to understand how to become compliant in the industry. They've got the skill sets, uh, but they may not be as skilled, for instance, at metric, which I wouldn't wish on anyone. <laughs> frankly. <laughs> um, but now on the farm where you used to be literally off the grid, you are now having to report every, every single thing that you do. And oftentimes, those that were really good at growing um, back in the day uh, are struggling with growing in the new commercial compliance space. Mm -hmm. I think for newbies, and when I say newbie, you could be an extraordinarily experienced business person. But if you're a newbie to the cannabis industry, and, and unfortunately, sometimes it's those that have the most experience that think, oh, I know how to start a business. I've been doing this for years, right? But this business is through the looking glass and normal rules <laughs> do not apply. And so it's really seeking out the what you don't know you didn't need to know, the unknown unknowns, the things that um, you really need to triangulate your position to avoid, you know, I mentioned earlier losing your freedom or losing your family. But this is also about losing hundreds of thousands, in some cases, millions of dollars mm -hmm. because of some very simple misunderstandings at the front. I just watched a company drop, I don't even want to say how much, but let's just say over a million dollars on a marketing campaign, mm. thinking that they could leverage themselves through Facebook. Well, gosh, you'd have learned that in the first hour of Oaksterdam. <laughs> That's probably not going to work out for you. Sure. Who did you not talk to before you decided that plan? So just knowing whether it's meeting the best um, the best operating goals, the the all of the best practices, whether it's in manufacturing, agriculture, building. Sometimes people say, why do you teach to California standards so much? Well, we're not a California school, we're a global school. But let's be honest, California has some of the toughest regulatory regimes there are. They also mirror the federal regulatory regime most closely. And so if you can meet these regulatory regimes, now that places that you would never imagine are regulating cannabis like plutonium, these are the standards you're going to have to meet. So you can build it into your business plan at $10,000 now, or you can spend $100,000 in a year because you have to go rip up that concrete. So I think those are the, the key things that uh, people need to understand. And the third, of course, is 
I want to enter this industry. I want to learn how to be a part of the solution versus part of the problem and leave it better than I found it. And this is now a career path. I, I just, I almost fall over when people, they meet me and say, I've wanted to do this my entire life. And I start counting on my fingers and then I ask them what year they're born and realize, holy mm. hell, this is now a life path. It never occurred to me as a little girl to say, I wanna run a cannabis college. <laughs> <That> never <laughs> once popped out my mouth, not once. And so um, having that opportunity to actually take this as traditional education, Oaksterdam University is already working with Pacific College of Health and Medicine and Golden Gate University, where you can now take accredited programs along with what you learn with us and go get your degree in this. So there's there's just a swath and I'll leave the rest of the answer to Ms. Mila. Every state has different ways in which they legislate cannabis. And so as instructors, being aware of that is extremely important. Also, there's tons of fringe legislation that comes up rapidly. So our curriculum is constantly being kind of uh, molded by the reality of politics at the state level and so or, or even at the municipal or the county level and instructors are expected adjunct instructors at that um, who are paid for their teaching time but not paid for their learning time are required to continue to learn themselves with absolutely no support from the existing cannabis industry and so there's needs for peer mentorship there's needs for advisory council members of MSOs and other organizations and nonprofits to show up and help educators understand the lay of the land so that we can translate and communicate. Um, there needs to be access to resources to create educational content that is ethical, that is relevant, and that is value added because there is nothing more insulting than having a group of adult learners creating um, uh, content and uh, classwork that is busy work, but that will not help them secure a job, retain employment, or start their business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, we've run out of time, but before we wrap, uh, I'd like to reiterate the Education Roundtable webinar happening on April 29th at 12 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. Pacific. Um, and even if you can't attend the roundtable, the Education Committee would really encourage you to fill out the educators survey um, so they can contact you and gain some more insight from you. So go ahead and head to the webinar detail page and register if you can make it. But even if you can't, go ahead and fill out that survey for our committee as well. And thank you both again for joining me today on this episode. Uh, looking forward to the webinar for sure. And yeah, thanks for all the work that you're doing with us to elevate education in the cannabis industry. Thank you so much for having us. And the more you know, the more you grow. We look forward to seeing you at the Educators Roundtable. Thank you. Thanks, Bethany. This has been great. Awesome. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? 
the federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.